Just like witches at black masses. Evil minds that plot destruction. Sorcerer of death construction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I should have kicked it in a more rocking part of the song, but I kind of forgot where that was. Anyway, <laughs> it takes a minute to get going. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I don't, I don't want to play it for too long. We'll definitely yeah. get sued. Um, <laughs> um, dude. Oh man. The greatest dude. I've been really into black Sabbath lately. Um, have you? I, I have been getting it. I, 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 I was, it took me a really long time to like come around to them. Um, just within the past year, uh, even like I wasn't a big fan. I wouldn't have even considered myself a fan a year ago. Um, but, uh, it's, uh, I've been getting into it a little bit more. And what it is, is I think it's because I found some of their albums on vinyl and usually they're, if you can find them in good condition, they're really expensive. Like that's kind of like buying anything like of that caliber, Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd. It's ridiculously priced. It's like $25 for something in good condition. And yeah. I, you know, as much as I like it. So I found a couple like cheap, cheap, cheap vinyls that are, is in kind of like eh condition, but it was in my price range. So like, you know what? I'm going to do it. So I've been listening on my turntable and that has just like made it so much more rocking. I got there, um, like master of reality album and I've been pretty much listening to that nonstop for like a week. So yeah, <laughs> you can ask Erica. Um, she's been pretty, pretty annoyed by it. <laughs> <laughs> she's getting real tired of that. Yeah. Um, no man, yeah, I've uh, I've always been a Sabbath man. Yeah, even even slightly more than a Zep fan. Really? Um, okay. I fucking love Black Sabbath. <laughs> um, War Pigs, one of the coolest fucking songs ever. Yeah. Um, I fucking love War Pigs. That song yeah. gets me so hype. Oh, it, it um, does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord, yeah. <laughs> um, love War Pigs. Uh, and coincidentally. Mitch, an awesome song to pick for the theme of this episode. Really? Okay. <laughs> so I'm really hyped. So, cool. That worked out. Um, welcome back, everybody, to the podcast. We are on episode 97. We are getting to the end of this motherfucker. Um, today <laughs> is the least prepared I've ever been, but the most prepared I've ever been in a lot of ways. Um, I have prepared... <laughs> I don't have that. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I'm throwing Mitch a huge curveball today. Um, I'm I'm resting my arm on the knuckleball. We're throwing him a curveball today. And um, <laughs> yeah, what happened was we had about ten minutes of actual content playing, and at the last minute, Eli was just like, "Nah, fuck it, we'll do this thing." So. I- yeah, we were like not confident in what to do around that 10 minutes of content. So I said, fuck it. I have an entire episode that I just whipped together yesterday. It is a themed episode from start to finish. We will have a theme. Um, and I am really excited because it, I'm going to get a lot of opinion. Well, I'm going to attempt to get a lot of opinions for Mitch um, and get him to weigh in on a lot of stuff. Um, okay. So with that being said, let's not uh, let's not fuck this pig too early. Um, you know, Mitch, look, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm mildly hungover. I just woke up 10 minutes ago. I'm feeling the effects. Let's just do what you're drinking. Let's get some hair of the dog let's, in here. So let's I can get into it. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, so I get back in this fucker. Mitch, what are you drinking? Awesome. Sounds good. So I have got a, 
Firestone Flyjack Hazy IPA. Um, this is the biggest can that I have ever seen. Um, it's a this tall is, boy, ain't it's, it? It's a pint. Yep. Um, pint. And no wait, a pint and three ounces, so a little oh. bit more. I don't. That's kind of weird. Yeah, so um, it's eighteen ounces. Yeah, eighteen ounces. That's kind of weird. Or but, nineteen. Um, this was a uh, this was a gift. Um, yesterday, um, I am also a little bit hungover because I uh, yesterday was my buddy Nick Nevin's uh, wedding. So I did wet wedding festivities all day. So that was pretty fun. Um, oh. This was his. Uh, this was I was a groomsman, so this was part of his groomsman gift to me. Um, so I decided I would, uh, get this bad boy out and see what it's like. Um, real quick, I have to tell you something really funny about the wedding. Yeah, let's, um, let's do it. So, uh, I, he had it at like the, it's called the Embassy Theater downtown Fort Wayne. It's a very fancy, um, theater where they'll have like comedians and musicians come in and do shows, but you can also rent it out for events like weddings. Um, I had never taken part in a wedding that this would, that was this level of fancy. Um, so I didn't know what to expect. Um, part of that is, uh, we were supposed to be there at like three and we were going to start taking pictures at four and then the wedding didn't actually start till five so you know how weddings go get there three or four hours early and then do nothing until so so i knew that going into it um and we didn't talk about like the uh the plan for having alcohol so i just brought a case of beer and a fifth of jack and i brought it in and i set it up (laughs) exactly yeah so i set it up um i'm the first one there i was there a few minutes early and uh the wedding coordinator that works for the event comes in and she sees my bottle of jack and my cooler of beer and she's like oh you can't have that <laughs> i was like i'm sorry uh it's a wedding um she's like, <laughs> she's like oh yeah no we sell beer like this is an event center we sell beer so you can have beer like we have a case here for you but what you drink must be provided by us and like paid for by the the bride and groom and i was like oh okay well, how do you want to handle this? And she's like, well, I have to take that cooler and I'll, you can get it back at the end of the night. <laughs> I was like, okay. So right off the bat, I'm not an alcoholic. Um, I don't <laughs> even really drink that much. Um, but she, I just, she just immediately thought I, and, and I hate being in those situations. Like I'm not, I'm not a troublemaker. I'm not, you know, uh, someone that, you know, needs to drink all the time. I just assumed if we're going to be there for, you know, three hours before the wedding starts, probably be prepared have some beers (laughs) so yeah she comes in takes my entire cooler um and i felt like a real piece of shit and then i had to like basically go talk to a cop at the end of the night and was like can i have my beer back (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then okay so the other funny part is that happened and then me and erica erica was also a bridesmaid um so we they they want to do that thing where you introduce all the the you know the the wedding party and walk into the reception and like sometimes do something funny like a dance move or something and I was like, well, I don't have any dance moves. I'm not going to do anything funny. But what we could do is just like bring our flasks and just like, you know, cheers and chug out of our flasks. So we had planned on doing that. And then I got my beer taken away and I was like, oh, I don't know if I might get kicked out of this wedding. So I talked to Erica and we decided to do it. Um, <laughs> so, Bold move. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, it was, you know, my, my, my mentality was like, 
Well, I don't think they're going to kick me out because I'm in the wedding party and that would kind of ruin the wedding. Um, worst case scenario, they'll take my flask, which is fine. There's an open bar. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we did it. It was fine. Like, we didn't get in trouble or anything. But anyway, just I, I thought you'd think that's funny. Just me being in that situation of like, oh man, I'm in trouble at a wedding. I'm 30 years old. I got busted for bringing in beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 30 years old. I got busted. They, they cough and my items um anyway okay yeah um yeah that is pretty good it's a hazy ipa i've i'm not mm. a huge fan of hazy ipas typically but this one is not very um it's not very hazy so it's more of a uh it's very light refreshing citrusy um mm. kind of lemony um mm. but yeah overall i like it seven out of ten yeah. Would you, uh, on a scale of one to ten, how likely are you to sneak this into a wedding in which you are not allowed to do that? Ten out of ten. Yeah. Ten. No one knew. Yeah. That's that's my thing. <laughs> I sneak alcohol into places you shouldn't have it. That's that's what I'm known for. <laughs> that is funny. That's that's a pretty funny. Uh, that's that's a pretty funny situation. Honestly, I mean, assumedly, I mean, they sound like they were fairly nice about it. Like, yeah, she was nice about it. She was like, "Well, we could, you know," she was like, "I don't want to be the bad guy, but we could get fined if, you know, if fair we, enough, if yeah. someone sees that and like, okay, I don't want to get you guys fined. I don't want to get the bride and groom in trouble." <laughs> yeah, wouldn't wouldn't that have been a test on the mantle of your friendship? Is you causing <laughs> yeah. a stir exactly at the wedding because you brought in beer not only beer a cooler of beer yeah yeah and hard liquor <laughs> oh man just think in hindsight we probably shouldn't have done that flask thing because if we were to get in serious trouble or like cause a scene oh man and ruin their wedding oh i would have felt so bad <laughs> well i mean they were already married at that point that's true <laughs> so i mean what i gotta do <laughs> exactly <laughs> um that that is super funny and yes mitch you you definitely are not the kind of guy to i mean you were totally in the wrong so not that you would have dug your heels in but you're definitely not the one to be like to to have caused the situation this is right. an eli move so you pulled off <laughs> an eli move well it was just miscommunication because like no one told me not to bring beer and i've never been to a beer uh, and, and been to a wedding like in, in a fancy place like that most weddings i go to are are involved in are just in a fucking barn and you, yeah bring whatever you want i don't care like my wedding was in a barn my my 20 year old brother was getting trashed <laughs> <laughs> probably shouldn't have said that <laughs> uh oh <laughs> anyway all right what about you what are you drinking um Nothing too exciting, but still only slightly on brand for the theme of the episode. It, we'll see. Uh, I'm drinking White Claw. Okay, all right. This one's raspberry. <laughs> Fancy. Now, have you had White Claw before? <laughs> <laughs> well, Mitch, the thing about <laughs> seltzers is, yeah, we've already beat this horse to death. But uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm drinking a lot of Yingling Light. I've been switching over to light beer because yeah. um, it doesn't hurt my tummy bumby as much. Yeah. It doesn't give me the tummies. Um, so uh, I was like, I just need something different. So I got White Claw. So I was I was up pretty much at 3 a.m. just fucking jamming White Claw. Yeah. <laughs> just like, what furniture can I move around? <laughs> so that's what I do. I get drunk and 
want to do house projects right <laughs> oh at the so one uh, at the wedding last night they had miller light <laughs> on tap and um everyone was calling it uh gtlf the whole night yeah i'll have a gtlf which stands for great taste less filling so rather than ordering a miller light we would all just go up there and order gtlfs <laughs> So stupid. But now that's what I'm going to call it from now on. It's no longer Miller Lite. It's GTLF. <laughs> GTLF. <laughs> that, that sounds like a fucking soror- like a fraternity. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just like frat bros. <laughs> uh, well, actually, you're not wrong. Nick wasn't a frat, and there were, there were a lot of frat bros there last night. <laughs> Literally, he had one of his frat brothers like marry them, and he worked that into his like intro speech. It's like he was like, "Hey, thank you for coming to the wedding. Welcome, all the Sigma New brothers." <laughs> oh. But he did it. He did it in like a funny way. It wasn't like a. It was in an ironic way. So it, oh. that's why it was funny. <laughs> okay, that's. I mean, look, I'm not gonna. Sh- I know not every frat is made the same, but. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that does explain a shit ton about Nick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I put that out there? That makes so much sense. <laughs> okay, Mitch. Well, uh, that's what we drink in. Um, I don't have interest anything interesting going on in my life to really talk about. Um, so I think we should get in this lightning round and get into the theme of this episode. Okay. Yeah, let's do it to it. Mitch, our number of episodes are dwindling. I'm not going to be in front of this microphone with you for many more weeks. In fact, this might be done in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I would be remiss if I did not take one last opportunity to subject you to something that you don't give two shits about. <laughs> you are on record for not giving two fucks about this. Like, I have pleaded my case so many times, and you do not care. You have no interest in it. However, today, all that we are going to talk about in-depthly is going to be Game of Thrones. Oh, my God. So it is an entire episode (laughs) centered around Game of Thrones. You shouldn't have let me do it, buddy. Ah, shit. (laughs) Because I've got notes and everything. You're you're cutting out. Are, Are you still there? Yeah, I can't. I can't hear you. I the screen's going black. Oh wait, I can't. Like that was actually really funny. You really got me on that. I was like, wait, yeah, no, I'm here. (laughs) Yeah, I'm here. (laughs) Oh god. All right, let's do it. I'm doing this for you. Here we go, Mitch. Lightning round. I got some questions for you. So, um, in Game of Thrones. Each house, (laughs) (laughs) each each house has their uh, the words that they are known by. It's a it's a it it is a phrase that establishes kind of what that house, what that family is about. So we're gonna kind of we're gonna kind of start to make the Daisy House House Daisy, if you will. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna figure out some things in order to do that. So I have a couple examples, and I'm gonna read through these, and I want you to pick which one you think sounds the coolest. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So these are these are some of the 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 words of some of the major houses in Westeros. Okay. Gotcha. Um, 
would this would this episode be more fun if I had any idea what you were talking about, or is or is the fun part of it not knowing anything that you're talking about? <laughs> I think the fun part is well. I mean, I'll be honest. When we get to the main part, I I actually have like a fairly thought out thing that we're going to okay. talk about. Um, but um, yeah, no, you definitely don't have to know anything. All right, good. Well, then yeah, I'm, I'm not going to just like go into <laughs> shit that you have no idea what we're talking about. Um, I'm, I'm making, I'm relating it to you and once again, hopes that just get you to watch the fucking show. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So here are some house words. Some of the, some of the most famous house words. I want to see which one you think is the coolest. All right. So we have the classic winter is coming. Then we have, we do not. sow. I like that one personally. Hear me roar. Ooh. And then we have our blades are sharp. I think "Hear Me Roar" is pretty badass. That's my favorite one of of the uh, so far. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, that would be actually of House Lannister, mm. whose sigil is a lion. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> and are terrible fucking people. Oh shit. <laughs> um, but that's cool because um, in Westeros. We kind of have to be. Yeah. Um, so that's their house words, which is actually pretty lessly known because their motto is a Lannister always pays their debts because they are hmm. very wealthy. Okay. Wh- which one did you say was your favorite? The we don't sew? Is that what you said? Yeah, we do not what sew. What does that mean? So that is from <laughs> House Greyjoy. Um, okay. So House Greyjoy, you know. Lords of the Iron Isles, um, they um, basically make their name for themselves by basically raping and pillaging. Oh, um, gotcha. they don't <laughs> they don't, you know, farm. They don't have like a industry. They just build ships, go out and take what's theirs. Right on. Um, so I think a better house word would be you rape what you sow. Oh, <laughs> there you go. You get kind of funny with it. Okay. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Um, okay, Mitch. So if we're talking about House Daisy, let's come up with some words for you, man. What do you think your words would be for your house? Oh, man. <laughs> I gave you some examples. Hear me roar. So I think you want something strong, something kind of in your face. What do you what do you think would uh, would be the na- the words for House Daisy? Hmm. Think about this. The one that I came up with for mine, because clearly I've done this with mine. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know, House Miller. You know, I am Eli of House Miller, first of my name. Um, <laughs> Lord, I don't know. I'd probably have a fucking, I don't know. I don't know what my house would do. But if I had to pick some words, I think I would make my words be, um, we bend but do not break. Mm, okay. Don't know why I thought it sounded kind of cool. And then you could just work that because the whole thing about your house words is you got to use that in a tense situation to remind somebody who you are. Okay, right? gotcha. So yeah. that would kind of be my way of like you know, and, and it's a way to remind your family who they are. You know, when they're getting out of line. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. So somebody's giving um, up. Somebody's not wanting to do something. Hey, hey, hey! We bend but do not break. Very dramatic. <laughs> I think. Okay, I think I got one. Um, my house words. I, I would love it to be. We're not gonna take it. 
<laughs> as in like the Twisted Sister song. <laughs> it's like right. you know, it's I'm putting my foot down. Uh, I'm strong. I, uh, you know, I'll hurt you if I need to. Uh, I.e., we're not gonna take it. We're not gonna take it anymore. <laughs> I, I like that. I think you can. I think you could even and 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 rephrase it into like, um, like in, into basically instead of just saying like we're not going to take it, you could do it as like like we will not take this or we will not allow. <laughs> we will not allow this. I kind of like that. that That's kind of dope. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's as strong though. I will not allow this. <laughs> <laughs> I will not allow. That. Yeah, true. Yeah. We will not take this. <laughs> I mean, it can work for sure. And you, so your your house would be a very uh, a very strong house. A very you're probably a house that's not going to bend the knee. Oh no! Absolutely. Yeah. Very easily. <laughs> we get some. We get some chance involved. So. <laughs> 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 um, okay, another important bar, uh, uh, per, important part about establishing your house is a um, is that you can also just do that, just play yeah. Twisted Sister anytime. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the game plan. Yeah, that's <laughs> our battle cry. <laughs> <laughs> Twisted Sister, no. D Snyder, <laughs> D Snyder. Um, so another important part about establishing your house in Westeros is having a sigil. Something to ride out to battle in, and you have a flag, a banner, with your house logo on it, if you will. Um, Some good examples of this would be House Stark, who their sigil is the Dire Wolf, House Lannister, the Golden Lion, um, you know, House Baratheon, the Golden Stag, um, and then even the House Targaryen, which is the Dragon. Um, So, some other smaller ones include um, House... Greyjoy, which is a which is basically a kraken, uh, they worship the drowned god. Mm, okay. um, you know things like that. So, what do you think your house sigil would be? Does it have to be an animal? I'm sensing an animal theme. Animals are a easy one to go to um, because it tells you a lot about a house based off that animal. Um, but it does not. House Tyrell uh, is a flower. Um. Yeah. Um. They're a little Tyrell's ass. They're they're a little pompous. Uh, a very wealthy house, but um, ah, their 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 words are growing strong. Ooh, okay. Which sounds like a fucking <laughs> logo for a company now, which it is really hilarious. Does, yeah. <laughs> um. Ba da ba ba ba. I'm growing strong. How's Midwest Credit Union. We're growing strong. <laughs> Midwest Midwest Credit Union. <laughs> Have you heard of Midwest Credit Union, man? You get a free uh Coney dog when you sign up with a new account. <laughs> they got they make the Coney dogs right in the bank. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. The best I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best Coney dog. It might be better than Skyline. I'm not shitting. <laughs> I'm thinking about refinancing my mortgage on my house just so I can go in. <laughs> I heard they give you the recipe when you refinance your home. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know why that's so funny. Just because I think if there was a company called Midwest Credit Union, that's exactly the kind of shit they would do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mid, Midwest Credit Union. 
you don't have to wear a mask when you come inside. <laughs> Open a check-in account, get a free corn dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> shit. Um, no, it does not have to be an animal. Um, animals, I think, are easy because it kind of tells you uh, a lot about that house based off that animal. Um, but uh, I was trying to think of some of the sigils that are not animals they're they're a little bit few and far between so i can't remember the best examples but no i mean it could be swords it could be it, it's typically based off what your house actually does for example Ooh. the the starks the reason they use the dire wolf is that the dire wolves are only in the north um and um they actually typically wear a lot of wolf pelts um you know, House Lannister does the Golden Lion. It's a symbol of wealth, but also veracity. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's supposed to represent something about your house. Okay, gotcha. Um, I was thinking, my, my, my gut instinct tells me, um, since we're going to have a theme song and it's going to be D. Snyder, um, could, our, could our, our symbol be a lute? Oh. <laughs> Just a really old guitar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could be a lute. It's not very, like fierce but so but what you could do is your sigil could be like two lutes like crossed like oh, in an yeah. x to kind of look like a little yeah and, <laughs> like and that, sh- that shows your about so you could just be a house of musicians yes <laughs> so you know when you guys are riding out to battle you're flying the the sigil of house daisy and are you going to win the battle? I don't know, but they got some kick-ass tunes. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Almost kind of like the uh, guitar player from Mad Max. Like, that's going to be our, our MO. Ooh. <laughs> this, okay, this is actually starting to get a little interesting. I would totally be into this house if you rode out into battle and it's like, you know, fame for their musical virtuosity. Um <laughs> You know. I just pictured in Tenacious D where he blows the dude's head off. <laughs> That's going to be us. <laughs> um, I also had a funny image of just like, you know, the battle gets really intense and the loot players and the drummers are playing and everything. And then they just start hitting people with loots. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. <laughs> Ah, this is not traditional wolf. Yeah, take a snare drum and just like shove it over somebody's head, like the uh, like Three Stooges style. Yeah, like every fucking cartoon. Yeah. Um, what's uh? I I I was trying to think of a good name for your son. I wanted to start to. Uh, have you heard of? I don't know, I'm gonna just pick this. Have you have you heard of Randall Daisy, son of Mitchell Daisy, <laughs> one of the greatest loot players to ever know the land? And quite the lover, from what I hear. <laughs> hey, oh, it works right. It works right into the show. Yeah, it it's does. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> perfect house. Yeah, you know what? I think Randall works. I kind of like Randall. You know why? It's the name of a shitty amp company. <laughs> oh, it Boom. is. You could play your loot through your Randall amp. <laughs> name my son after <laughs> the, the shittiest amps to ever exist. <laughs> um. No, I'm hey, I'm I'm proud of you. We've established a strong new house in Westeros, um, a very rebellious house made of virtuoso musicians. Musicians <laughs> is the trade. Um, they ride into battle and just they never stop fucking jamming. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I love it. We will not allow it. <laughs> we will not allow this. They they play like you know we're not going to take it on loop and it's I can see it. I can see. It. I can see it. Yeah, <laughs> I can see it. Okay. All right. Well, let's. Uh, that that was that was my lightning round. I wanted to establish House Daisy. You know, s- strong and fast, and you know, make 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 a make a house we were proud of. And I very much am. Perfect. Yeah. No, I think I like that. I like. Yeah. It'd be cool. <laughs> um. Okay, Mitch. So we'll get in the meat and potatoes here. So the reason I wanted to talk about Game of Thrones, the whole reason I did this shebang, is. For whatever reason, I decided to rewatch the show again. Okay. Um, but what I decided was I want to rewatch the show and then I'm going to read the books immediately after. Because um, I've started to read the books, but I never got much through the first one. But I just wanted to get back into it. So I said, you know, I'm going to, I tell you what, you know, I'm going to watch the show again. Give her another watch her. Because here's the thing about, here's the thing about Game of Thrones as a show. The last season, nobody fucking liked it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much universally hated. Yeah. Which is just such a stain upon what I think is one of the greatest shows ever made. Um, so I said, you know what? I'm going to rewatch the show, watch the last season in context, and just see. Maybe it's not that bad. Maybe we had just waited too long. It was always going to be overhyped. I'm going to give it a fair shake. Mm-hmm. And the books aren't done. Really? Yeah, there's two more books that have to come out. <laughs> that is wild. Just creating... I, I think the idea of making a TV show and wrapping up like the final series, putting an end cap on it before the actual books come out, is pretty ballsy. Because like, who wrote... Game of Thrones, George uh, R. R. Martin. Yeah, George R. R. Martin. Yeah, look at me. Hey, right. hey, yeah, there you so, go. So um, he's not going to follow that recipe, right? I assume that the reason people didn't like it is because it was, you know, kind of like the Harry Potter books versus the movies. Like every nerd out there is like, oh, yeah, there's so much they, you know, should have fit into the movie that were important to the story that they just couldn't. And that's why they're the reason I don't like the movies. I thought that was the case with Game of Thrones. <laughs> so actually, no. Um, and I will say that the thing about Harry Potter is that even even the the nerdiest Harry Potter fan has some sort of reverence for the movies. Mm-hmm. Naturally, they're going to tell you that the books are better than the movies, which they uh-huh. always are. I mean, there's yeah. you know there's a there's a, a, like almost the scientific reason as to why mm-hmm. that's always the case. Um, but most nerdy Harry Potter book fans still at least enjoy the movies um, because they they did it so well with the source material. Um, but yeah, the I don't know what that meeting was like <laughs> because they actually two seasons were written and put out that went past where the books ended. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of money. I I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I would have done. And that's why now, that's why it has that criticism. A lot of, pretty much everybody's in agreement is like, George R.R. Martin also stepped away from the show around season six. Mm -hmm. There's eight seasons. So he stepped away around season six. So basically everybody's like, well, the nicer people are like, well, I don't know what the fuck I would do either. 
and they had to end the show. I mean, it mm-hmm. is like one of the most hyped shows in all of television. Mm-hmm. So they had to end the thing. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? Right. And I just think they had such an impossible task, and it was never going to live up to our expectations because everything else was there for him. Everything else was there in the books, and they actually had George R. R. Martin working on the show with them. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all there when that well ran out. I kind of get it. Like what? Like what do you do? You're you okay? These are the storylines we have. We got to do our best here to give the people what they want. So to me, the difference between season one of the show and season eight of the show is that season one is totally there. It's George R. R. Martin's world. You are absolutely walking through. I think what he created and the and the point of what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Season eight is kind of just there to look cool and let you have things that you wish would happen kind of fan service yeah yeah um but i wanted to give everything a fair shake so that's why i'm watching the show again Mm -hmm. and then i'm gonna read the books how many books are there out right now is that how long is that gonna take for you to read all the books i tell you what i will actually look because i don't know i have not asked myself this question and that could be a folly of mine. Eh, I mean, I'm sure you can do it. Um, <clears throat> so while you look that up, um, so hearing you talk about Game of Thrones uh, kind of reminds me of my fanhood of another HBO series, uh, Sopranos. Um, they're coming out with a new like prequel movie. Um, I'm sure you've heard about this. I have. So um, it is a movie. Yes. Oh, me and Charlotte kind of, not an argument, but we were disagreeing. I thought it was going to be a new show. I didn't realize it was a movie. Yeah, it's just a movie. Um, It's going to be out in theaters and also on HBO Max. I'm not a sponsor on October 2nd. (laughs) Not a sponsor again. Um, (laughs) But um, no, I'm very excited. It's going to like, I'm also a little bit nervous about it because uh, it's going to be a prequel. So obviously none of the original characters is going to be kind of like a, you know, step back in time. Like um, the Sopranos would always, uh, uh, go back to like show shots of like the 60s and stuff from like Tony's dad when he was you know coming up in the mafia and basically this is what the movie is just going to be about like Tony's dad and the people that were in the mafia when he was in it um, so not going to have any of the characters that I really really like but it's I'm kind of excited to see what they do with it and how they kind of like you know use that to forward the original story so um i don't know i'm excited for it i'm not i don't have too high of hopes but um should be cool anyway that was my little (laughs) nerd session about the sopranos because i have to talk about sopranos every episode (laughs) right naturally um no i saw that trailer and i thought it looked good for the first like 30 seconds of the trailer i thought it looked bad but then i started to see what they were kind of touching on like i think they were really touching on like where where tony soprano came from mm-hmm. yeah like like and, and even like on a personal level where he comes from so mm-hmm. I, I thought it was pretty i i think and it's isn't it james uh Gadolfini, uh yeah. son his his son yeah. yeah which is so cool yeah yeah it's it's interesting <laughs> for sure um well i looked that up real quick because like i said i haven't actually thought about it so i wanted to look so there are five books right out right now oh two more need to come out okay um 
so there's the first game of thrones book a clash of kings a storm of swords uh wait what's that one called feast of crows and a dance with dragons and the winds of winter is what george r R. martin is working on now and he's hopefully going to finish that one and then also write the final book that he has confirmed which is a dream of spring Hopefully he don't die before he finishes these. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a big bummer. We'll see. He's like in his seventies, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um. But anyways, so the, but watching through this show again, okay. I'm uh, me and oh, and Charlotte's watching it with me. Mm-hmm. So that's been fun. Uh, we uh we just finished season four, so we're getting ready to start season five. Um. The thing, the reason that I'm so into this show, Mitch, is like not just because there's dragons, there's boobies, there's <laughs> gratuitous violence, okay? The story arcs and character development that is in this show is fucking insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is insane. There are plot lines that come back seasons later. There's characters that you never think would meet, and then they finally do. <clears throat> and it's awesome. It's just the 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 realistic journey that these people go on is just fucking insane. And it and it and it breaks every fantasy stereotype there is at this point. So what I wanted to do, I have a couple bullet points that I want to talk about because I think that there are actually really interesting things that, that the show and the story and the books bring up. So that's kind of the what you think part is I want to actually talk about some of these lessons learned by Game of Thrones, so to speak. Ooh, okay. So that's, that's where I'm relating it back to you. Perfect. <laughs> um, you also... just don't like fantasy that's also the main that's one of the big reasons i haven't tried to watch it yet just because knowing what i'm into and what i'm not into this seems like in the camp of things that i would not be into i'm it it very much and and i could be completely off base but it seems kind of like uh kind of like fantasy realm uh i.e lord of the rings and i really don't like lord of the rings either so it's just not yeah so not, not my style. <clears throat> basically, to me, Game of Thrones is the antithesis to Lord of the Rings. Okay. So, is there fantasy stuff in it? Yeah. I, I there's so much to be nerdy about, as you could tell. I get super nerdy <laughs> about all the fantasy stuff, but really, here's the best way I could describe it. It's a fantasy story, almost as if it was written today but not. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like if you take a fantasy if you take the the tropes of fantasy, write them today, make them gritty, make them realistic. You know, kind of taking the fantasy genre and not making everything like primp and popper and clean and you know, noble. It's like honestly, everyone is sh- fucking terrible. Um people are bad. Um typically if you're a good person, you're going to fucking die. 
Yeah. <laughs> so this kind of what you're ex- describing sounds a little bit like The Sopranos. Oh, it's very similar. And <laughs> character development, um, not really any redeeming qualities, but you want you like him anyway. <laughs> yeah, like there are heroes in Game of Thrones. Like there are people that you're going to root for, but like all, already out the gate, the people that you think the main characters are are not. Well, because they get killed off every season, is what I hear. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But there is there is kind of a main character. You just don't know until, like, season seven. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. That makes for great TV. <laughs> but the whole time, um, you know. The same reason I got tired of watching The Walking Dead. Like, they killed off so many people, like, to a fault, that, like, Erica, like, still watches it. And I'll just come in the room and be like... Okay, I don't even know any of these people. It's a whole new cast. <laughs> now, I think the issue with a show like The Walking Dead is they do that very... They, they kill people off just to, for the shock. Yeah. And I think... So, in, so much so that it's not shocking anymore. Right. Game of Thrones, when a main character dies, it's, it's teaching everyone, including you, a lesson about the world. So, for example, I mean, it's famous. Everybody knows... Ned Stark dies at the end of the first season. He loses his head. Okay. He actually gets killed in front of his daughters. Um, Ned Stark is the most honorable character. He's known for that. Being the most honorable person in, in all of Westeros. You know. Oh, winter is coming. You know, Sean Bean absolutely killing mm. it in that role. Um, I, it made me want to be a Stark. I'd pledge fealty to Ned Stark easy easy i'd be a stark love this guy um he's always trying to do the right thing and that gets him killed so immediately at the end of that first season you know that just because a character is good fights for what's right and makes the right decision does not mean that he will live Mm -hmm. that's the lesson you learn so each main character death in the show teaches you something then you have Rob Stark and Kate, you know, Catelyn Stark, who go to war on Ned's behalf um, to avenge the Stark family, and they die. And then you learn that <clears throat> if you back out of a deal, you're getting fucking murked. <laughs> and the brutality of Westeros is unending. And so you you learn something when these people die. They're not there to just be dramatic. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, it's it's shocking when they die for sure. I mean, I'm not saying it's not shocking, um, but it I, I think appalling is a better word. Upsetting, mm-hmm. visceral. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, the red wedding is rough. I watched it again, and I was like, <laughs> holy fuck, this is kind of bad. This is gnarly. <laughs> this uh, hurts my soul. So. This, I think, uh, I'm, I'm going to skip a few points because it kind of gets to the moral questions that Game of Thrones brings up in me. The difference between a Tolkien-esque world like Lord of the Rings and a world of A Song and Ice and Fire being Game of Thrones. In Lord of the Rings, it kind of feels like the, the, the good guy will win at the end. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, that ain't the case. 
you do not know. And Game of Thrones, I think, is set in a way to portray who, what people actually are, which is pretty fucking bloodthirsty, pretty greedy. Mm-hmm. And there still are, are noble people in that, but it almost feels like the more noble you are and the less willing you are to bend um, mm-hmm. and not break, the worse chances you have in life. And to me, that kind of seems like a modern day issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I sort of wrote down these questions like, well, what do you honor in a world that has none? Who do you honor? Do you honor your family? Do you honor your king? Do you honor your faith? Your wife? Your country? Like what who what do you what do you fight for? And what do you stick to? What vows will you break? Because a mm-hmm. big giant thing in Game of Thrones is 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 making an oath or a vow. You would pledge fealty to your you know, to a lord or to the king, and if you broke that vow pretty much in every instance in the show uh death was the sentence um you know this you know because you know obviously game of thrones supposed to you know resemble the warring tribes of ancient medieval times mm-hmm. just on steroids um so when they talk about vows and oaths the emphasis that's put on them and the emphasis that's there when you break them it kind of makes me think of modern day it's like we don't have to swear vows to people like you know what i mean you the only vow that i think you and me have actually sworn is to our wives Mm -hmm. um so then you know that's about the only context i have but then that's kind of my question is like what would actually make you break that vow how can you break that vow what if there's another vow you make what if you and then that kind of to me is why ned stark is used to teach a lesson is like ned stark never broke any of his vows and he mm-hmm. wanted to try to keep his honor until he died the honor was his most important thing in the world mm-hmm. and that's tremendously respectful but what happens if you have to jeopardize your honor would you sacrifice your honor for your life hmm. yeah so to kind of put it in perspective, like uh, when you, I, it kind of made me think of something like, you know, when I did make a vow to my wife, um, that is something that I will try my damnedest not to break. However, I also have a vow, an unofficial vow with myself where that is kind of priority number one. And I know it's kind of backwards in a marital, you know, when you're speaking of it in a mar- marital sense. Uh, but um, for example, like I know what I'm about. I know the difference between right and wrong. I know what I will, you know, stay away from doing. If for some reason my wife decided that she all of a sudden wanted to become a serial killer, um, or to a lesser extent, like a shoplifter, she just starts shoplifting around town. I would have to ask myself, like, is this a vow worth breaking? You know, knowing that I have my morals and uh, a vow to myself that is, in a sense, more important than these marital vows. So, I don't know. Yeah, that I think that's actually a really <laughs> good example. So, I guess my question would be, what would be the greater sin? Compromising your morals or compromising the, the, the promise that you made on your wedding day? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first one, for sure. <laughs> so you you seem a little bit you you seem to have a lot more confidence in this than I do. You you seem to know 
So you're saying if Charlotte came home and was like, hey, Eli, I killed a guy today. Uh, help me hide the body. He didn't do anything wrong. He just, I think we've had this conversation before. Um, <laughs> I don't think we have. <laughs> no? Okay. No, this is the, this is the ride or die scenario. Oh, okay. If your wife came home, killed someone, and uh, needed your help hiding it, covering it up, and uh, she didn't have any good reason, just, you know, he cut me off in traffic, so I shot him in the head. Um you would be like, okay, let's do it. I'm with you. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Because because what's the... It would be tough, but I think I have a firm... It's a firm no for me. <laughs> it is a hard nope. <laughs> because how long until she just off and kills me too? <laughs> Fair point. But I guess like the, the, the part of this that maybe I'm not good at is what's the point of making that vow or that promise if you're just going to break... You know, if you're, if you're just not going to keep it. I mean, the rules have changed. Once you find out your wife is a killer, I think that's that's a good reason to break said vows. <laughs> when you made the vows, you didn't know that she was capable of this. But <laughs> Yeah, but that's not a vow, though. That's not how a vow works. <laughs> oh, man, there's lots of gray area. I, I think that <laughs> that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is like I think like a Tolkien esque universe is very black and white, and George R. R. Martin, it's all completely gray. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. So, but it, but it so but that's what I think is interesting. It, the show makes me beg these kind of questions because I put myself in these characters' shoes. What would I do? And I find myself all the time is just being like, well, no, I would just do that. I would do that because that's right. That's not how you play the Game of Thrones because when you play the Game of Thrones, you either win or you die. <laughs> Which is very true, because apparently you either get to sit on the throne or you fucking die. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's what's so interesting about Game of Thrones, though. It really has me questioning, like, morality and honor. And, like, then I equate it to also having a son. You know, I'm starting to have empathy for people who have sons who are bad people and murder people, Ooh. but they don't renounce their son. You know, or or their child, and then that that got me think. I, I mean, I was in my feels one day because I'm like, I used to, I I have chastised people my entire life that stick by their children who do terrible things, mm-hmm. and now I sit back with a perspective of like, I kind of understand because when they were a babe, you didn't know what they that they would do that. You know, they were innocent. Then, you know, they became guilty of that crime mm-hmm. out of out of love, out of instinct and just out of how you feel as a parent. I kind of get not turning your back on your child when they did something are, terrible. Are you referring to the uh, Gabby Petito situation and her boyfriend and his family because <laughs> that's kind of what it sounds like no i am not at all i'm just talking oh around um but that well, can be an something example that happened in that that's something that happened in very recent history that pretty much sums up exactly what you're saying okay <laughs> so i just didn't know if that got you thinking about this kind of thing no i well um to no it, it didn't because of how many true crime, true crime podcasts and shows I watch. <laughs> right. It's not a new thing. <laughs> true, true, true. 
it has happened before, but I I'm I'm only slightly aggrieved on 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 her and what happened. So I'm not an expert. You can clue me yeah. in if you want to, because I don't actually know um, that part of the story. Again, I'm only I'm I'm only very slightly aggrieved too. Do do your own research, but the gist of it is, um, this dude essentially it's it's pretty much believed that he either uh, he killed his girlfriend while they were out on a camping trip and came back and like tried to hide it and totally act totally normal. He came back to his like parents' house in Florida and. Um, he was there for a few days and then he just disappeared with the family car and the family like tried to basically hide his whereabouts and are you know super not cooperating with the police or anything and oh um, okay so well they they were like well we don't know where he is but last we saw he was going to take our car to this uh like nature preserve or whatever um so that's where you can go find the car i don't know if he's there um so they did they went and found the car there so it's true but obviously he was not there so they're thinking he either took off to like cuba or something or like killed himself somewhere but either way the family definitely knew what happened and are protecting him so Mm. yeah oh also um Update that just happened yesterday. <laughs> Super funny. Um, Dog the bounty hunter <laughs> showed up at this family's house <laughs> and basically threatened them and tried to get them to cooperate. And <laughs> I know that is fucking so, insane. Yeah. Okay. So here's the Fox News headline. <laughs> So already, already amazing on Fox News. Um, of course, my phone is not cooperating. Gabby Petito update for Dog the Bounty Hunter. Search for Brian Laundry is personal. The reality TV star, real life bounty hunter, whose real name is Dwayne Chapman, lost his own daughter when she was the same age as Gabby Petito. He arrived at Brian Laundry's parents' home Saturday, knocked on the door, and met silence, but he's already picked up a scent. <laughs> I don't even want to continue to read this. This is so dumb. <laughs> but I... we're living in the darkest timeline. <laughs> right. Um,. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's weird. I'm getting older and I'm getting soft. Like there's there was that line right there where it said, "Well, dog the bounty hunter lost his daughter who was around the yeah, same age." Yeah, I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. But like that's what I'm but that's I guess what I'm getting at. Are are we all The Tolkien universe of Lord of the Rings creates a moral understanding because there is sort of a... To me, that is a very religious way of looking at the world. There is a there is a moral right way and a moral wrong way. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones touches on the idea of the gray and the idea of we're all just people who are operating on these certain animalistic instincts... Um, you can have honor, but, you know, where life and death is the ultimate game, how then would you operate? So, I guess, I, I don't know, I just, I go back and forth, and I go back and forth as a person who, like, hasn't had, like, a strong family, 
and who wants to one day create a family and I want to create a family and I want to have like a very honorable family. Mm-hmm. But then it's like kind of hard to teach that lesson. It's like I, I, in a lot of ways, I don't know how to be honorable. Like it's hard because it's like, what do you jeopardize? What do you not jeopardize? What do you go back on? What do you not go back on? I mean, you know me for, you've, you've known me for a while now. You know, I don't, the one thing I do is I don't lie and I don't mince words. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really honest. I'm pretty affront, and if I've offended you or we have an issue, then we need to talk about it. That's how I've always mm-hmm. operated. Um, but most people don't do that. You know what I mean? For the most part, most people don't have communication skills. Most people want to solve things through violence or not talking about things at all, and that mm-hmm. doesn't work for me. So it's it's kind of hard for me to find people where that, where that works. So... Very heady questions that people have summed up the show by calling it, but by basically just saying it's just dragons and boobs. Right. <laughs> and I have gotten in full-blown arguments with people trying to get my point across. That, no, it's not just dragons and boobs. I don't know why you think it's just dragons and boobs. Mm-hmm. You think that from the outside, but like these are pretty heady questions that like- Oh yeah, definitely. That like Lord of the Rings never ever brings up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's, that is why- I am so into Game of Thrones. I guess to kind of to to arrive at some kind of endpoint, unless you have anything to add, that is why I'm so into the show. Is because it has nerdy shit, it has heady shit, and it has just an absolute investment that I do think mm-hmm. you get back that investment very heavily mm-hmm. if you if you put it in. If you look at it and just say it's dragons and boobs, then you're not going to pull out these things that, you know, I've brought up. Mm-hmm. Well, the the only other thing I'll add to that, and the reason I think it sounds definitely more exciting than Lord of the Rings, is because Lord of the Rings is based off of the classic tale of you've got your hero, and he's on a quest, and he's got strong morals, and... History tells you that with you, if you've got strong morals and the will to succeed, you will. Um, whereas Game of Thrones is a much more realistic view of the world where it's like sometimes the bad guys are going to win. And that's what I love. Um, I don't want to get into it too much because I know we were planning a future episode about stories. Um, but you know, to kind of fast forward to that real quick, um, won't touch on it too much. One of my favorite stories is the realistic take on stories where the world tells you that it doesn't really matter how good you are. Sometimes you just aren't going to win and it's not fun, but that's the way it is. And even, even being, you know, brought up in a religious household there, they, you know, they always tell you, you know, do good things and good things will happen to you. Sometimes that's not true. I mean, just look at like Job, like he, one of the craziest stories in the whole Bible, he did nothing wrong, but God decided to just take everything away from him just to see if he would still have faith. Like that's kind of a shitty thing. Like Job didn't do anything wrong, but he just kept getting beat up and sometimes that's how the world works and that's the kind of stories i kind of want to see not not feel good stories but stories that are like kind of stories that make you think stories that are like realistic in that this isn't happy (laughs) 
Uh, well, there's actually a line in Game of Thrones, uh, which is, if you think this has a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which has always been a good <laughs> line. Um, but my So my question is, though, I think this is kind of what I've been trying to touch on. If you don't actually get anything for being good, why be good? Why be moral? Why be honorable? What's the point? Um... I think it's I think it's twofold. I think one it's because it's all we know, it's all we were taught and we don't know what else we would do if not to be good. Number 2 is we live in a society where there are consequences for your actions. The reason I don't kill people is because I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> Besides morals aside, I'm not prepared to go to jail for life. Um so I will not go out of my way to break the law. <laughs> but is that but is that hold on. Is that true? So you're telling me tomorrow it's the purge or Game of Thrones and Westworld, <laughs> House Daisy, um, somebody did you wrong, you can kill somebody and get away with it. You're telling me that Mitchell Daisy will run out oh, no. and start killing people. No, I said morals aside, the consequences is a reason not to break the law. Personally, no, I would never murder someone because that's a horrifying thing to do. Um. <laughs> so... I guess my question is, why? My question is, why? Do we, so let's say that you won't face consequences for killing somebody. Let's create this philosophical, hypothetical question. Let's say there's not a consequence for killing somebody who did you wrong. Okay? And you kill them. Or, what, okay, what I'm trying to say is, there's no consequence to killing this person. Mm-hmm. Would you kill them? No, because while there are no external consequences, there will be internal consequences, as in having to live with myself. Um, and that's my question, though, <laughs> is why? I mean, what, what, what difference does it make? Is there, if there's no... I'm, I'm talking about religion or God at this point, because that's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. If there is none then what difference does it make? If Oh, you're saying, like, if there is no God. Well, if there is no... Yeah, I mean, if there is no God, there is no... There is no... If there's no consequence in the immediate reality, in the physical plane, and there's no consequence on a spiritual plane, why not do... What, I mean, what is the consequence? I mean, I don't know. You're making murder sound pretty good right now. Well, but there's like... Do you have an answer? I don't at all. This, this is this is why I was up at 3 a.m. drinking, just moving furniture around my house, because I started to think about Game of Thrones, and I'm like, oh my god, I don't understand anything. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Because all of a sudden... Because there's an atheistic argument of like, well, Christians are like, why don't we kill people? Or if like... But they they talk about morality, but I'm like, but what the fuck is the point of morality if there is no morality? (laughs) It's a construct. (laughs) We have morality because we're people. We're, we're, We're people. We're evolved people. But I don't have a higher sense of people anymore. 
I don't see people as these high evolved, oh, we are a society and we have a set of social norms. Clearly, we can't fucking have... You remember when we did the episode on the shopping cart theory? Oh, yeah. Uh Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think, in hindsight, I may have won that argument because clearly (laughs) nobody wears a fucking mask, don't get vaccinated, fuck it. You know, Biden is a usurper, you know. They're out there treating Biden like he's fucking Joffrey. <laughs> and, and and that's my whole thing is is it, it's always been used as an argument for why Christian or why anybody who's religious. I'm not trying to make it about one set of people, but why any religious people look stupid when they say, well, if I didn't have a moral code to live by, I would just do whatever I want. And they're like, oh, wow. Yeah, you would. You're a terrible person. I'm like, no. I, I'm I'm literally at the point where I'm like, no, because you think that you have some moral high ground, but you don't. We are all equal. You think that you live by some moral high code, but the only moral high code that you live by is societal. So whether it's God or the society that you grew up and raised in, you have a reason for believing what's wrong and what's right. But my question is, if neither one of those are true and there is no wrong or right, then what does that look like? You get the benefit of deciding to be moral. You just shit on people that are religious because you think they do it because they think that there is a punishment. You do it because you think you do the right thing just because there is no reward for doing the right thing. But once again, it's just a societal construct. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure I'm entirely following you mostly just because <laughs> I'm having a hard time understanding like my thing is like you're describing this like virtual reality where morals don't exist but like regardless of if a god exists or not morals certainly do. Um No, what I'm saying is morals only exist because we've constructed them. You're, uh-huh. you're, you're, but that's what I'm saying though. <laughs> so, so what, what is, what, what's a sillier thing to put faith in? To me, neither. That's what I'm trying to get at is like, if you, I think, I think the question I'm begging is a question we've talked about. It, it's inherent. It's inherent good versus evil. Are people inherently good versus being inherently evil? Mm -hmm. Once again, I'm taking the camp of, I don't think they're inherently evil, but I don't think we're inherently good. I think the only reason we are good is because we have built a societal construct to exercise around and say that, well, this is right and this is wrong. But let's say there's no God, there's no karmic disruption if you do something bad it's hard for me to philosophically reconcile it being wrong what is wrong about it who says it's wrong what is wrong and what is right i mean like to a certain point i would say like i have my own sense of morals like even if you know take god and religion and the bible out of the equation oh no let's go a step further let's say if the bible says it's okay to kill people i still feel like you know and and maybe i'm being optimistic but i would feel like i would be 
I wouldn't go out just murdering people because it's it's and I'm it's not, not what I'm about. And, I, and I'm not saying I would. I, I'm I'm right. being devil's advocate a little bit. But my question to you is, Mitch, is why? So what is that ingrained in you to do so? Do you think it's all just based on your societal? Norm? What if you grew up in a society where you did murder people because they wronged you, and that was morally okay? Yeah, I mean, it could totally be different. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, just like just the kind of the old argument, like, you know, why was I raised Christian? Whereas people that are born in Afghanistan raised, you know, whatever the fuck they are. Uh, (laughs) So that was the dumbest thing I've ever said on this podcast. (laughs) Well, well, hold on. We're not done yet. (laughs) (laughs) But but I get I guess that's what I'm trying to say, Mitch, is. So is 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 a is a group of people who, in their moral construct, it's okay to kill people. It is morally okay under a certain list of circumstances. Does that make it wrong? Is there a universal good and bad? Because if there is, I find it really hard to not believe in God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are definitely. I, I will. I will give you this. There are situations where. I could validate murdering someone, mostly self-defense reason, protecting myself and my family, again, because I made a vow to myself and to my family that I would protect myself and my family, and if someone threatened that, I would have no problem just offing someone, murking them, if you will. Yeah, Um, it's a good phrase. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, there's definitely a gray area. but that, does that not make you question everything? I think I think what's happening is I don't think it does. This apparently is a <laughs> is a large issue for me, and what just existentially, like I just I can't wrap my head around. There has to be it almost has to be black and white. If it's not black and white, then you can be wrong. Right, you can make the wrong choice. That's the whole point of the gray area: is you can make the wrong choice. Oh man, I'm getting deep. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's all right. I mean, honestly, this is something I I I think I'm having trouble following it because I haven't. It's not something I've thought of as much as you have, clearly. Um, But I guess my stance is that it's so it's not it's never going to be black and white because the game changes you find nice. you learn something <laughs> that, that you you learn things that totally change your opinion on a person or a situation like yeah for example the you know to bring it back to the you know you get home and charlotte has murdered someone that's not black and white you, that's going to change your opinion on her at the very least so if you were to divorce her, you're well within your rights to do so because she's now a murderer. Hmm. <laughs> but then, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to leave it there because if I get any deeper, okay. I think we're. Ju- I, I think I'm just going to be cyclical just because this okay. is <laughs> the last 20 minutes has felt a little cyclical. OK, yeah, <laughs> which is my bad. I was just. No, it's all right. I, I Yeah, I, I was 
I, I'm trying to convey a point that I don't completely understand myself. So I guess that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to like talk it out a little bit. Um, but no, you're, you're, you're right. I think, I think that you're, you're proving your point more because that's exactly it is the whole point is that it's not black and white. The, the hang up I have is like, well, if it's not black and white and it's gray because you change based on the information that you have, I'm having trouble seeing God in that, but I'm also having trouble seeing God in the alternative. So what the fuck? <laughs> I don't, I, I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I had an answer for you, bud. Yeah, well, it, it, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess what I'm, I'm trying to say is like you remember those conversations where we have where I'm, I'm just at the point where I know the people I don't trust is the people that have any iota that they think that they figured out anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what bothers me about people that are religious, and that's what bothers me about people that are atheistic. Is like you think you cracked some sort of secret code. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. just like, you know, gun in your hand or weapon in your hand against somebody who is truly wronged you, you or someone you truly care about. Mm-hmm. There's some moral ambiguity. I, I, I always think when uh, uh, of the podcast when uh, Pete Holmes interviewed Charlie Day on his uh, You Made It Weird podcast. A super good episode, by the way. Shout it out. Check it out. Um, they, he talks about religion in every episode, and he a- and he asks Charlie Day. He's like, "So, what do you think about you know God, religion? What do you think the point of uh, you know our lives are? What are we doing here?" And um, Charlie Day basically just said, "Like, why are you asking me, man? I don't even know how they make toothpaste. <laughs> like, 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 you think I'm gonna be." able to confidently tell you the secrets of the universe when i don't know how to make toothpaste i don't know what's in it (laughs) that's really funny actually (laughs) so i guess yeah i guess yeah my point okay well this was the game of thrones feel free to edit any of that down it's up to you i don't think i will (laughs) i mean i'm i i appreciate you being my ping pong paddle uh Anytime. Back and forth. But this is like... Paddle me, daddy. <laughs> Are you my ping pong daddy? Um, but this is my point. This is why at 3 a.m., you know, chugging back, you know, you know, knocking back White Claws, thinking about Game of Thrones, that I got to this. <laughs> and then I was just like alone at 3 a.m., just sitting in my living room like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't like it. It's, it's just, I don't know, man. It's heady. Uh-huh. This also might be a me thing. So maybe this is <laughs> maybe, well, no, not, not necessarily. Like I've straight up told you, like I have a, a lot of existential thoughts about death and stuff. I don't ne- necessarily have existential thoughts about moralism. Uh, cause I think I have that down, but, um, well, no. I think me and everyone else have probably figured it out. <laughs> exactly. Eli's still uh, jumping on that but train. No, I, yeah, yeah, I like uh, I, I I get drunk and have I I get drunk and have thoughts about you know what happens after we die why are we here what is this joke um, you know having to see everyone you love die is not a fun time um, <laughs> it's like anyway that got a little dark but like no I, this is th- this is not 
what I thought it was, you know, seeing, I, I think it, 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 I think we talked about it last week too, a little bit, but, uh, maybe not on mic, but after seeing, you know, my, my mom die and my grandparents getting older, it's really starting to set in like, oh shit, this is going to suck really bad. Yeah. Like thoughts of death creeping and having to deal with the death of your spouse. And it's almost like a cruel joke. Like we're put on this earth for 60 to 80 years and that's it and we don't know what's next um it's it's super depressing anyway (laughs) no i think that's why morality that i think that's why i'm questioning morality is because i've had the thought about just what you said of like we're here 60 80 years we don't even know what happens on the other side there probably more than likely isn't another side and we just ceased existing and Mm -hmm. trying to fathom not existing is fucking mind-blowing and i just start to wonder why bother yeah that's my that that's the quite the biggest question i had why what's the point of this seemingly cruel joke of existence if you know, when after we die, this moment is just going to cease to exist. But um, again, uh, one of the really cool things Pete Holmes said on his podcast that I always remember is um, he, he, he says, like, yeah, people ask me, like, aren't you worried about what happens after we die? And um, he says, like, no, I wasn't around for the Revolutionary War and I'm no worse off for it. so if I could like think about that, about if I could have that opinion about death, like I would just be unstoppable. It's almost nihilistic. I'm very interested in nihilism, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I guess it's like, because that we have this, okay, we're going to wrap this up right now. Okay. (laughs) We've gone so deep because you and me have like a religious background, at least in some way. Like you even you really grew up in it, whereas I didn't, mm-hmm. but I chose it as an adult. And here we are. It doesn't help <laughs> a lot of things. So it's just it's just really I guess I constantly live in a state of fear that I'm not a good person. I live in a constant state of fear that I'm not doing the right thing, that I'm not being honorable. Because I haven't been. I've I I've broken vows i've gone back on my word and i never want to again however when i start to think about everything and game of thrones touches on this legacy you know eternity you know where will you be where will you be written and there's a there's a (laughs) there's a tendency for me to just not see the point of being written anywhere because what's the fuck the point because it doesn't matter when you're dead. If I just fucking die and there's nothing, I have no nowhere to go, nowhere to explore, nothing to... If Eli literally says, ceases to exist when I die and I have nothing past that and I will not exist, which means I will not have a plane of reality to be in, the fuck does it matter? One of the greatest lines in Game of Thrones, you know, Jon Snow to one of the wildlings, you know, why would you like to say some words? What words, boy? Uh, Funeral words. I don't know how the free folk do it. The dead can't hear, boy. (laughs) It's true. The dead can't hear you. 
Yeah. It, I, I mean, you know, for me, it, it it's just that's where I'm like, it, it just it makes me question. I think the only thing we have, I'm not going to keep it completely like depressing and sad. And I just want to wrap it up as we do have each other. And I guess while we're here, it does make sense to not just be it does make sense to make each other happy because that's a, that's mm-hmm. a you know, it's a nicer thing. Yeah. Well, how I've kind of dealt with that question and the way I validate it and form this opinion is that you are totally right. There's a good chance that after we die, this is it. Um, So you kind of have to create your own moral code, your own mission statement, um, if you will. Um, Like, you know, well, uh, again, to quote the uh, possibly the greatest movie ever, uh, Days and Confused, Don Dawson <laughs> says, well, all I'm saying is that I want to look back and say I did the best I could while I was stuck in this place. Had as much fun while I was stuck in this place. Played as hard as I could while I was stuck in this place. And dogged as many girls while I was stuck in this place. <laughs> so that's a mission statement, man. That's like, I don't know what's going on, but here's what I'm going to do with my time. I'm going to, A, for me, it's A, make try to make the world a better place, um, and that starts locally with my friends and family, make life better for them, uh, you know make sure that my me and my wife are set financially that we don't have to worry about things uh b make sure we're having fun while doing it um and that's kind of it so you have to yeah it's it sounds lame but literally sit down and write out a mission statement of what you want to do with your life and do it because that's all you have you can read the bible there's plenty of possible mission statements in there um but it you just have to write it down and do it <laughs> i don't know <laughs> no I I, per- I I i think that was a slightly profound perspective mitch i i cool. i like that yeah i just like it it's just like well i yeah sure we could sit around all day we could be a maester in the citadel pondering life's great mysteries but that doesn't help what's in yeah, front of you it doesn't it doesn't help anything. And and again, we talked about this last time. There are so many things out of your control that all you can really do that's productive is focus on improving things that are in your control. And switching your focus to that will make a difference in how your life plays out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Anyway. Yeah. Who boy. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's take a breather. We'll come back. Okay. <laughs> we'll do what you're cranking and get out of here. <laughs> Before we do too much more damage. I felt like that was one of those uh, Steve Harvey inspirational uh, videos. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Not even close. If you ain't, if you broke, you don't pray enough. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mitch, our watch has ended. We have spent our time on the wall. We have taken the black. Uh, our watch has ended. We have bathed in the light at the seven. We have offered up a sacrifice to the uh, Lord of Light. We have... Um, <laughs> I did not get a word of that, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we, have, we have fought for the drowned god. Um, allow, us to, um, allow us to take this home. Um, Mitch, House of Daisy, 
what has House Daisy been cranking lately? <laughs> All right. So, I have been cranking. Um, how did I? Okay, so I stumbled across this band called Coven, C-O-V-E-N, like a like a group of witches, uh, and it is wild. Um, it is. I think a, I know this band. Really? Okay, they put out an album in 1969 called Witchcraft. That's all I could find on Spotify. Um, I originally heard about it because that guy I, I like uh, Noble Records. Um, it's one of his favorite albums, so I had to check it out. It's. Um, it's super weird. It's basically, um, it's it's a, it's an album. It's it's almost a concept album about witchcraft, um, hence the name witchcraft. Um, and the best way I can describe it as it kind of sounds a little bit like Jefferson Airplane. You know that White Rabbit song, kind of creepy. Um, yeah, female vocals. Um, it kind of sounds a little bit like Jefferson Airplane, but if all they did was write songs about like Satanism. <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome. Um, yeah. yeah. So it, it kind of, uh, uh, and part of, uh, uh, what got me into that is, um, uh, well, a noble records guy loves it. So I had to check it out. B, um, it's also uh, kind of becoming, uh, it's getting closer to Halloween, and I always like to create a dope Halloween playlist. Not necessarily like <laughs> cliche Monster Mash songs, but songs that are a little bit uh, spooky. Spooky. Um, spooky. And so this album is full of just incredibly spooky songs. Um, they have a song called For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. Uh, F-U-C-K, by the way. <laughs> Fuck. Um, oh. <laughs> which is cool. Um, yeah, they have a, There's a song on the album called uh, Satanic Mass, which is basically just a 13-minute chant-style song about uh, pledging your life to the devil. <sighs> Super fucking metal. <laughs> <laughs> kind of out <laughs> really well yeah i usually i i do skip that i i skip it when it comes to it because it's like oh this is a little bit too on the on the nose this is too real um but there's a yeah there's a really good song called packed with lucifer um a song called <laughs> choke thirst die um Holy wicked woman fuck. dignitaries of hell uh, they have a song called Black Sabbath. Um, so anyway, I think the reason, and, and I played it for Erica because I was like, I don't think you're going to like this, but oh, I'm sure I she want loved to, it. I want to hear your opinion. And uh, I played it for her. She absolutely hated it. And she was like, I can't believe you like this. And I, the best way I could, you know, validate why I liked it is because it's almost like over the top, like jokey, like especially in such a you know a, a crazy time for this to come out in the 60s like they were yeah. not they were not hip they were not into you know satanist albums so i think this is almost like a parody of met, like death metal music in the 60s so it, it's it's a really cool look back into what the world was like right. and having these songs that i don't think are intended to be serious um that i think is just hilarious <laughs> No, um, I I think I've heard of this album. I don't think I've ever listened to it, but I I think I'm aware of this band and this album. Um, it's I used to get in an art. Hey, Kevin, if you're listening, I me and Kevin had an argument one day because I did not fuck with Ouija boards, and I oh, still do yeah. not fuck with Ouija boards. <laughs> and it's so weird. It's like I could be so despondent of religion. But I can tell you one thing that is hard for me to always <laughs> fuck with is devil. Yeah. Because there's like a weird line 
where I'm like, okay, this is it, like Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm cool with Black Sabbath because they'll write a song about weed, you know, Sweet Leaf. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I'm like, that that's the song I always throw out when people are like, you know, Black Sabbath, oh, they're satanic. I'm like, man, they wrote songs about weed and, mm-hmm. you know, they wrote it to be that way. Then if you have a 13-minute chant, <laughs> I don't know what they're saying. Yeah. I'm fucking out homie yep. i am out with this and kevin would always be like eli hasbro made ouija boards <laughs> and i'm like oh, but is the, the founder of hasbro a fucking satanist i don't know i don't trust it <laughs> i doubt it i think that they're just i i think they did it for kind of the shock factor like you know i i don't know i i well, think since it's almost halloween it kind of reminds me of just like it, it's something that you shouldn't necessarily believe in it's entertainment well, the Ouija board, I okay, I researched it as an adult. Okay. And, you know, Ouija boards come from spirit boards, which are an actual thing that people would use to contact the dead. I don't mm. know if they were ever satanic. Um, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, sure, Hasbro put out the Ouija board, um, but it does come from, you know, actual, I don't know. It, it also kind of begs the question of a fantasy land and you know maybe i'm a little bit more attuned to it because i like fantasy so much and i'm just mm-hmm. like you know if the devil's real i don't know <laughs> if i want to like gamble yeah. on this one well, thing so that reminds me of the time i saw a ghost in concert that was one of the weirdest experiences of my life because like they're so in the same vein over the right. top comedic like okay we worship the devil um that and, and the way that they're the, 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 the what really hit it home for me was ghost show like their backdrop was intended to look like a like temple they had like stained glass and these pillars so it looked like you were in a church service but all, the whole time they were like basically that's pretty dope <laughs> it, was, it was so fucking metal uh but they were like yeah they were like praising satan and i was like okay i mean i i think i like what these guys are about but also at the same time i do feel a little weird about like i don't think this is something to joke about i don't know <laughs> it, it's 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 but but you you are right in that i think that is why bands like that do that mm-hmm. it makes you uncomfortable it makes you question that and i guess it's just like if i had to pick I don't know if like Satan would be the one I would pick. Yeah. You feel me? (laughs) So like it's hard to be like (laughs) I don't know. Right. But it always it always happens in music because you're right. It is entertainment. It is it is fun and and also Halloween, you know, Hallow's Eve. We celebrate it, you know, because it is uh scary and scares us. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Uh dude. This episode has been a smidgen transcendent, okay? (laughs) You started with Black Sabbath War Pigs. You ended with Coven. Uh, We talked about Game of Thrones, you know, a a vicious world Mm -hmm. in which you you play the Game of Thrones and you either win or you die. Um, I have been cranking... A band called All Them Witches. Oh, nice. That's so awesome. <laughs> I've heard of All Them Witches, yeah. So, holy fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's crazy. And the song I wanted you to put on the playlist is a song called When God Comes Back. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. Okay, so you, yeah. so you have heard this yes. band. Yes. 
for sure. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's on that's on one of my playlists. Yeah. So yeah, it just it it popped up because I finished the playlist and it started playing all them witches and all them witches kind of like. I mean, when God comes back is a very rocky kind of stoner metal jam, mm-hmm. um, but then they have songs that are very bluesy. They have songs that are very slow. They're like a psycho, they're like a psychedelic satanic band. Yeah. Is how I feel about them. <laughs> you know, they have slow bluesy songs. They have, um, you know, just drones. Um, so yeah, but that's <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, we're Satanist. <laughs> It's One, two, it three, like. four, five, six, six, six. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I've been cranking. Um, they they reminded me of the sword, but like weirder. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I was so I've been playing Destiny again, and, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is like. I started playing Destiny again, and I've been playing Destiny a lot. So Destiny is kind of like a futuristic space fantasy game in a way, because you're like you're going through with like a you're a guardian of light, and you have your cool exotic weapon, and you're like shooting down like goblins, but they're like robots. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the Taken, the the Cabal, and you're fighting all these enemies. So I was listening to All Them Witches, and when God Comes Back came on, and I'm, like, throwing, like, fucking, like, Nova bombs and, like, shooting space goblins. Yeah, and it, it was awesome. like I was like, this is fucking, this is yeah. fucking <laughs> rad, dude. <laughs> yeah. This is super cool. Yeah. So that's kind of what got me into All Them Witches. Cool, um, man, yeah. I'll definitely have to listen to them more. I'm aware of a couple of songs, but yeah, I could I could use a deep dive. Yeah, I I think you could. I think it'd be interesting. It's very they they pace their albums very interestingly. It, it, honestly, a lot like Coven, like in that there will be a 13 minute song that is just a drone, mm-hmm. and then they'll <laughs> move on to like a really slow song, and then there'll be like there'll only be like two bangers on the whole album. The rest is very slow, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, that's what we're cranking. Jesus Christ. Uh, this episode really got away from us. Uh, I just, I just want to talk about Game of Thrones. <laughs> um. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave us with my favorite line from Game of Thrones. Okay. This is my favorite line, probably in anything. I would love to use this in real life. Okay. Yorn from the Night's Watch. That's all the context you need. Uh, bursts into the room and he says, "There's people outside that want to fuck your corpses." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> which, That's awesome. <laughs> which is the coolest sentence ever uttered. Yes. <laughs> so, when with that, live your life like there's people outside that want to fuck your corpse. Yeah, that's uh, that's a mission statement right there. That's a moral code. <laughs> I wrote it down. <laughs> right. uh, that's awesome. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. This is this one uh, was a weird one. I appreciate it if you're still listening. Um, check in with us next time. It'll be episode ninety eight. Um, no idea what it's going to be yet, but um, yeah. Um, anything else you want to say? <laughs> no. It w- right. Well, it will be happier. Okay, maybe. Maybe maybe not. (laughs) Yeah, it would just be us like, 
Welcome to Satan's lair. (laughs) (laughs) Satanus. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. Stay fresh, cheese bags. (laughs) (laughs) 